Hey game friends, GM John here. After the Bomb, Pursuit of Knowledge is a crazy, furry, actual play role-playing game podcast that's set in a transgenetic post-apocalypse, and it may contain some themes and scenes that are disturbing or upsetting to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Specific content warnings for all Real Play Games podcast shows will be located below the episode description with each episode. Apologies for the exposition-heavy first part of episode one. We ended up losing about 40 minutes of audio on the first episode that we recorded and didn't think re-recording it would really add anything to the story. It was mostly chit-chat. The audio clarity really picks up going from episode three onwards as I finally figured out how to use the recording software I've been using to edit these episodes. Anyhow, thank you very much for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, game friends, to the Real Play Games Podcast, a podcast where I, your game master, John, run my friends through a bunch of tabletop role-playing games, some of them popular and some pretty obscure. Today, we're going to be playing the first session of our After the Bomb campaign, which I've entitled Pursuit of Knowledge. After the Bomb is a role-playing game that was originally a supplement for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness role-playing game published in 1986 and later re-released in 2001 as a standalone title. It was designed by the late author Eric Wujic, a game designer esteemed enough to be the only other person to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Annies besides Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. The game is published by Palladium Books, who are enjoying their 40th anniversary this year the podcast is being released. You can find out more about After the Bomb, as well as the rest of Palladium's megaverse of role-playing games at www.palladiumbooks.com. To summarize the setting just a little bit, After the Bomb takes place an untold amount of years after an insane future where humanity mastered the art of genetic engineering to the point where creating mutant animals was no big deal, and a demented prank war involving designer viruses got so out of hand that it created a disease that killed almost 74% of the human population within a week. All of this happened while a lot of animals and other types of creatures got infected as well and rewrote their genetic code, and then the bombs started to go off. Though pockets of humanity survive even now, the world is firmly in the paws of mutated animals who've inherited the wreckage left over from the cataclysm now known as the Crash and strive to rebuild civilization or destroy it. Our story picks up in the free mutant nation of Cardania, which inhabits what used to be the majority of Delaware, Maryland, and a fair portion of Virginia. In the city of Cambridge, a group of scholars and scientists known as the Academic Underground founded their first secret university, which at this point has become so integral to the city that it's more like an open secret university. Of the more than 10,000 residents in the city, a tenth of them work for or study at Cambridge University. In particular, one graduate, as well as several skilled freelancers, have just received a mission from Dr. Dean Julia Dalamatian, a mutant basset hound and the head of Cambridge U's Knowledge Recovery Department, to take a university-owned transport vehicle and sweep for recoverable educational material or potential future academic sites, focusing their search on the ruins of cities formerly known as Lancaster, Reading, and Westchester in the Northwest, while attempting to locate a missing academic underground team in the process. Once the group received the vehicle keys, as well as radio frequencies used for contacting the underground and a pre-crash map of the area they'd be exploring, they were left with a few hours to kill before they'd be taking their new ride onto a barge traveling partway up the old Chesapeake River to start their adventure. And with getting the debrief, the group decides to head to Large Williams Fry It All, uh, one of the most popular restaurants inside of Cambridge and known for its, well, of course, fried food. They're willing to fry anything that you bring to them or anything they actually have behind the counter. So once the group manages to reach Large Williams and gets their order in place, uh, they manage to find a relatively large wooden table to seat themselves at. As the group's sitting down and getting to know one another, we'll go ahead and have everybody introduce themselves both as a player and uh, who they're playing in this particular game. We're going to go ahead and start with Rue. Hello, I'm Rue. I'll be playing Bly Moons, an albino furred blue-eyed, partial humanoid cat. All right, and Obi. 
Obi is my name, and as a character, I am Arlo Diggs, a honey badger that has expertise in radio, so communications guy here. And you find him sitting at the table where he luckily procured a fried cobra and selection of insects to eat there. Likes it exotic. And Ames. Hi, I'm Ames. I'm playing Bara Nosi. She's a black bear. She's a member of the academic underground and is originally from Cambridge, has spent her whole life there. She is the mechanical specialist as well as the driver on this particular adventure. That's right. She wears many bear hats. <laughs> and Harm. So I'm Harm, and I will be playing Liblet Thumblejump. She is a pack rat frog chimera, which means for her appearance, she has a slightly muzzled head with a pack rat's mouth. Um, she's got small mouse ears, white frog eyes. She has a lightly furred bar- body that's kind of squat and chubby looking. She has a harlequin coloration like a cat does, where the coloration goes straight down the middle. So her right half is red and her left half is green. She has some white spots and a tail like a pack rat does. She is on the team as like as their merchant's liaison, since her family is a merchant caravan. Horrifying and adorable in equal measure. Absolutely. All right. And as your food is being delivered, uh, you folks have a bit of an opportunity to go over the different locations that you've been assigned to take a look at. You can get a bit of a gauge as to how far away everything is. Only two out of four of you can, of course, read the maps and everything that you were given. But you all know that you're getting paid for this. You were given 500 bucks up front per person for the expedition that you're about to go on, which is quite a good amount of money. So you've got a good bit to work with in case you need to buy any supplies before you folks head out of town on the barge. That I do. Yeah, foreign boy, you've got a hundred times more than what you started the day with, so you must be feeling like real special. Have you ever even seen that much money before? No. (laughs) So Libla is snacking on her fried grasshoppers and fire ants combo, and she's just kind of watching the group right now. She's very aware that she's the only prey animal. I think everyone in this group would, in nature, eat her, so she's a little intimidated, and it's just kind of waiting for someone else to take the lead. And Bara is more than willing to do that. She goes ahead and kind of places the map on the table, mostly where she can read it since she noticed during the meeting with the dean that not everyone was paying close attention to the map. So I tap the three locations that we've been asked to check out. Lancaster. I missed the second one. Oh, it was uh, Lancaster, Reading, and Westchester. Reading. Yeah, they are, they're all part of some big square area located on the map, apparently called Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay, so Lancaster, Reading, and Westchester. That, at and least that's what it used to be known as. Now it's pretty much wild territory for the most part. She also has in her possession the keys that were given to us for the vehicle. And I'm going to recommend to the group that we start with Lancaster. That's where we should go first. But I'm, of course, more than happy to hear other opinions. And Lancaster was the area where those people went missing? Yes, that's the team from the underground that was sent. And they haven't heard back from in over a month. And that makes me nervous and I want to check in on them. I, I don't personally know any of the people on the team, but I met them in passing, some of them. We also want to avoid West of Chester at night. Why? Monster, monsters come out with the moon. Good to but know. Her tail closer to her body and <laughs> nervously eat a couple more fire ants. <laughs> My kind family of, doesn't go there at, at night. What kind of monsters? None have returned to tell us what kind. Okay. The no worst kind of at night. Yeah, no, no members of his tribe have ever returned. They've ventured out towards west of Chester. Sometimes they're called Vax. Okay, so it sounds like we maybe want to avoid Westchester, especially since we'll be getting where we're going close to nightfall. So does anyone have a, a preference otherwise between Reading and Lancaster? Which one was the rats area, the area killed by rodents? The uh, In order to get to Reading, you will go across the 76 or Cine 6, which is considered to be controlled by the rodent cartel. And we wouldn't have to do that going to Lancaster? No, not initially. I mean, there's ways to go where you avoid getting onto the Cine 6 based on what the map says, but you may have to cross it. Well, that's good, right? Because... 
you're frack rats, so we should be okay with the rodent cartels, yeah? Livlet slowly shakes her head, her giant frog eyes staring at you. <laughs> she tells you telepathically because she doesn't speak words. I'm not their kind of rodent. They don't like us much. She, she eats more. Her fur kind of fluffing up, like, obviously uncomfortable. That shouldn't cause an issue, right? We'll, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll be fine. Let's head to Lancaster first. Once we finish eating, does eating... Does anyone need to do anything else before we head to the river? You can see that uh, Bly only has light clothing, like that's easy to move in, and his long rifle and his bow and arrow. I, I politely eye your guys' equipment and suggest we might stop for supplies. Oh, yeah, I'm already up for that. I want to get some better armor, for one. See, Bly is finishing the marrow that he had in his flavorless chicken that he had asked for. <laughs> Oh, if, if Large William knew that you were calling his chicken flavorless, he would be so mad. He had asked for it. He says, no seasoning. <laughs> true, true. I mean. No, no seasoning or breading on fried chicken. It's not going to be the best. Well, I fried wrong. chicken, on the other hand, was delicious. <laughs> he didn't, he doesn't like, he doesn't, normally he eats fresh kill that is not cooked. <laughs> Just not the same. I just like how appalled he was at the thought of serving you raw food. (laughs) If if Livlet knew he liked eating fresh meat, she would be far more afraid of him than she already is. And there's a high fear level already. Something in her instinctively knows that frogs and rats are both prey. Okay, so once you folks are done eating, uh, you can go and pick up your supplies. We don't, we don't have to play that out. If there's anything anybody wants to make a purchase of, we can handle that real quick before we get going as well. But I need armor? It doesn't hurt, and you're big <laughs> enough that most standard suits of armor should be good for you. My little four-foot frame. You know, you're not the tallest in the world, but you're, <laughs> you're just a little guy. I am totally picturing Puss in Boots. <laughs> but like white. <laughs> and also slightly human looking. No, just Puss in Boots. He was slightly human looking. He used his fingers like fingers and his mouth like a mouth. Well, he has partial human looks. So he's kind of in between a cat, like a bipedal cat and a bipedal, mostly human looking thing. He looks oh, like I, cats. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Meryl Streep from Cats the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I that- look almost fully badger, but I'm walking on two feet and my hands are almost like hands. That's where when, I am. If he ever runs with you guys, he, he will get on all fours and run. Like, he, that's how he runs. <laughs> I have like a nightmare to, world. How much is that spider silk clothing? Uh, spider silk armor is 250 bucks. I don't know if I've seen that much money in my life, so I hesitate spending it, but I know I need to, so I spend it. Yeah, that's hey, that's half of the money you just got paid. Is there any way we could get explosives in case we need them? There is. I like how you think. What what sort of explosives are you looking for? I mean, that that might be a little harder to find. So I can't find plastic. (laughs) <laughs> no, nobody nobody in the marketplace has plastique. Like, if you're looking for an explosive crossbow bolt or something, that's something they can hook you up with. Or an incendiary arrows. No, I'll just get the armor. The The best you can score is dynamite. Ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. Is this dynamite safe to yeah, struggle? Give me a uh, demolitions check. Bum, bum, bum. First check. Um, how do I make this check? You roll <laughs> underneath of the percentile that you have for a score in it. Okay, that's what I thought. And there's no penalty on it because it's just regular old dynamite. 19 out of, and I have a demolitions of 60. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know that this stuff is stable. This appears to be relatively new manufactured stuff. So there's no chance of it sweating nitroglycerin or anything like that that would make it unstable. And the, the gentleman that offers it to you, he's a hippo who, he's got like just like a, a white shirt and a pair of denim jeans on. He says, yeah, look, I got 10 in the case. I'm willing to sell it to you for a hundred bucks. I'm not going to ask questions about what you're doing with it. We're going to say it's construction. I will take it. <laughs> All right. So you now have 10 sticks of dynamite. Yes. I'm going to buy some explosive crossbow bolts and armor-piercing crossbow bolts. Yeah, you're able to get up to a dozen of each. Nice. 
Oh, I should probably get arrows. Uh, actually, I'm going to pass on the spider silk and just uh, load up on more buckshot and sand shot. The, uh, the female spider goat, which is literally a goat with spider legs that you were go- like looking at the spider silk armor from, looks a little offended when you walk off. She thought she had you on the hook. And what kind of armor did you want to purchase? Okay. Next one up better than quilted armor? <laughs> uh, soft leather armor. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, and that's going to give you an armor rating of 9 and an SDC of 20 for 50 bucks. Was there anything else that anybody needed to pick up? I'm actually pretty good. I've got my shopping, if you will. Okay, well, if that's a no from everybody else, if you hang around town for a couple hours, get to know each other a little bit, working on your game plan a little. When you get to the vehicle that you've been assigned to in the, in the lot that was marked out for you, you're shocked. It's a big vehicle. It's it's a truck, and it's got a cab on the back of it that makes it kind of covered up so you can have a little bit more uh, protection from the elements and things like that. There is a turret without a weapon mounted on the top of it, so it looks like you can at some point mount a weapon on it, but it looks like it's definitely not being used for any kind of combat assigned role. It's very well kitted out, and ironically, Barrett, you realize this is one of the vehicles that you worked on while you were getting your degree at the the Cambridge University. I kind of run my hands over the hood and tell her hello again, let everyone know that this is a good vehicle, so we're going to... We're going to be in good shape. Wiblet is so freaking excited. She's never been in a vehicle before that hasn't been pulled by animals. So she is just like running all around it, touching it, sniffing it, licking it discreetly when she doesn't think anyone's looking at her. Like she's so excited. (laughs) Bly will jump up to the weapons mount and kind of like just kind of sit up there. Yeah, there's, there's like stirrups in there and a little seat that you can kind of sit yourself on. And it, it does rotate around. If you pull one of the, if you pull like a little lever down, you can unlock it so it swivels. I kind of test it with my bow to see if I could like fire my bow while I'm seated. You feel like it'd be a little tough if you're moving really quickly, but otherwise it would be a pretty good spot for you to fire if you were like slowing down or stopping and having a reason to fire an arrow at somebody. What is bits? Four bits is equal to one buck. So a bit is basically a quota. <laughs> okay. I had to get arrows, so I was wondering. I thought you said you had to get heroin for a second. I was like, is that in the book? <laughs> I had to get catnip. <laughs> oh, you can find it. It's not catnip considered spider plants. It's not considered <laughs> yeah, it's not considered illicit. Because it's all, it only affects cats. Okay, once again, what was the SDC? 20, I believe, for uh, soft leather armor. And spider silk was 150, right? Correct. Yeah. Did we put that in the main SDC thing on that sheet you gave us? You would put that in on the section for uh, your armor. Okay. So the smaller number is our total SDC for underneath the hit points, right? Correct. And what are our hit points? Uh, Your hit points are going to be, your starting hit points are going to be your physical endurance. Exactly. Correct. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I'm a 12. I mean, mine's not much better with a 13. Yeah, but you have your you have SDC and stuff too. That's that's applied before. A pack rat and frog is almost as good as a cat. (laughs) (laughs) So my sixteen look sixteen looks all right. Yeah, not bad. What are you starting, Ams? Twenty-four. Oh my god! (laughs) You're a bear, though. You're like twice as big as all of us. I know, my character is 58 pounds. <laughs> Let me see what I got. Yeah, I'm like 60 pounds. I figure, like, I feel like she has, like, a very matronly form, you know? Like, like that, like, I'm a, I've had, like, a bunch of kids look already. She's young. Of, She's very young. They just are born that way. A lot of hips and thighs. Yeah, they got, like, a good, nice little pear shape. Yeah, Farah's six foot four and 230 pounds, so. Oh, my. Yeah, we're going to, I think, like, me and the cat could jump on each other's shoulders and about be eye level. <laughs> uh, I'm about a tall hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a bunch of little things and then this big giant bear. <laughs> she's, yeah. like she's taking them to school. They just start hurting you like children. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, I'm going to find a place in the vehicle. Like, I'll ask telepathically, where can I store this dynamite? The glove box? <laughs> wait, 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 that's where I want to see. a place where it wouldn't get like <laughs> jostled around like crazy. <laughs> Okay, we're going to say for the sake of, uh, you know, making sure things don't get too bogged down, it's shelf-stable enough that you feel like you could probably put it in the back storage area of this vehicle, and it would be all right. I mean, the glove box is so cool, though. If someone tries to carjack us, you just pull it out and light it. You know, like... Throw, it <laughs> throw a match in there, and you're like, I'm taking you with me, bud. <laughs> How much dynamite you can fit in a glove box? Because we do. <laughs> <laughs> I call shotgun, not just because I have a shotgun, but but because that seat's also close to the radio. I'm gonna start checking that out. Blitz content in the back seat. She like puts her pack down and like curls up next to it, and like she's excited. She's, like got her paws up on the wheel window. Frog can I like crawl hours. into the vehicle from the from the, <laughs> the turret? turret. Yeah, you can. It's got a little hatch that you can open up and climb down inside and then shut. Bara would not be able to fit through the hatch. That's okay. I'm the driver. Yeah, your yeah. your your seat doesn't have any modifications. If anybody else was trying to drive, it would be really difficult because of where the pedals are located and everything. I mean, I figured if I tried driving, I'd need to have roots like down on the pedals anyway. <laughs> it's gonna be one of us looking. <laughs> Break! <laughs> no other break. You mean gas? Yes. <laughs> the go break. So you you started up, and you know that this thing has about four hundred miles worth of gasoline inside of it, which is more than enough to get you to all of the locations and back down to Cambridge. Even you know, not having a ferry bringing you back down part of the way, if you had to drive back down all the way, you'd be able to reach Cambridge with about eighty miles worth of gas to spare, based on the projections. Sounds and good. As the time approaches, you manage to drive the vehicle down to the docks. And sure enough, a massive barge. You can see it's already got a couple of what appear to be Jeeps mounted on there. And there's a bunch of what look like Cardanian military just kind of hanging off the side of the barge or smoking cigarettes or talking to each other, playing cards, etc. And you pull the vehicle up onto the barge and it gets set and starts going. It takes a couple hours to head up the coast, uh, the peak coast at this point, the peak bay. And around, I want to say about six in the evening, uh, just as the sun is starting to get a good bit darker than it had been previously. Yeah, it drops you off uh, on the map. The the area appears to be marked as an area called Graysonville, G-R-A-S-O-N-V-I-L-L-E. And at that point, the soldiers remain on the barge as it heads up the coast. Starting to get dark, but you do manage to locate a road that isn't Okay, repair for the time being. Looks like you're pulling into the ruined remains of a town. Now, one of the things that I do want to stress is you guys have time. If you want ever want to stop anywhere and explore and kind of poke around a little bit and try and do some salvaging or scavenging, you always have the option to do that. But this place looks not only pretty wrecked, but pretty well picked through. Well, I wouldn't mind getting fresh food. Uh, well, you guys would also have a good bit of, well, not fresh food, but like packed food. Each of you has a couple of days worth of rations. Just, am I just rancifying meat? <laughs> oh god. It's just, a, just like a deer leg getting more and more smelly. I, I try to convince you that jerky is your friend. <laughs> it's like, but where's the blood? <laughs> no, I'll have jerky. I'll have like jerky and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we make I mean, camp. Yeah, if it looks pretty picked over but I don't see a stain keep moving right is this where we should like kit up for the night no you don't have to I mean you were just dropped off you have a full tank of gas I uh, napped on the barge right up so yeah the vehicle has headlights and floodlights on the top of it so you can see is this the type of place where that would make us an attractive target if you had the lights on the whole time yeah possibly I don't need the lights. Doesn't Farah? That's what I'm trying to remember. What my I have advanced vision. I have advanced sight. Does that mean I can drive without the lights on? I have night vision too. Yeah, night vision lets you see in the dark. Yeah, I don't have that. 
I have do. advanced sight. <laughs> the two non-drivers do. <laughs> yeah, advanced vision, you just see double the usual distance that like a normal human would. Okay. But you still need light, don't you? Yeah. You but, sure doesn't do. that mean that uh, we would make good lookouts while we're driving? Good lookouts, yes, but unfortunately a driver cannot see in the dark without night vision. Oh yeah, but she could have the lights on and we could be watching for danger. True. Very true. Uh, I'll spend most of the time like in the up, upper part, just kind of sitting. I'll start us driving. Uh, maybe switch course. off with uh, harm every so often. Yeah, and like I nap. I'll like look out the back window while he's up in the turret, and then switch out. Okay. Well, you're not on the road for all that long. It feels like less than about two miles when you come up to a portion of the road that is just completely washed away. The main road itself is gone. You're going to have to find some way to circumnavigate it. You do see a side road that you can take to kind of go down through and around, but it leads to very a very rough shot road. Like this thing has not been graded at all. It's dirt. It looks like somebody built it, I don't know, probably the last 20, 30 years or so. So go ahead and give me a pilot truck check, please. I got an 80. My pilot skill is 80. You're on the button. So you manage to pilot down the road. It's it's not comfortable. It's not good. But you do manage to get through without like hitting a big pothole or anything like that. So you got very, very lucky on that one. As you're pulling off the road, going through the side road, uh, you can see up ahead with the headlights, especially there's a couple of folks based on what they look like. They look like horses. You had been coming down the road for a while, and they are carrying weapons. They motion to you, like one of them holds up a hand with uh, three fingers on it, and motions for you to stop. I will go ahead and stop. Uh, The one that motioned for you to stop, it's an older-looking horse with, like, dappling and a a very wrinkled horse-like face. He is carrying crossbow. He lowers it a little bit, and he calls out, Why, hello there! Hello! Now, we're peaceable folk, and we hope you're peaceable folk, too, because we're not looking for any trouble. We're just simple farmers, and we want you to keep passing on by just like we would pass on by if we was going in your neck of the woods. Absolutely. That is perfect for us. We are also peaceful folk. We're just on our way through, headed to Lancaster. Oh, I, I I don't know what that is, but... I wish you luck on your journey. They start pulling aside a couple of like oil cans that they had out in the road, just that you would have otherwise run over. And they say, you go on. He starts giving you directions. Apparently there's a couple of back roads that you have to take to cut around here that drive you a good mile or two in what seems like a big circle, but eventually gets you around the destroyed part of the road that you had been going down. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, folks, you be safe on your journey, and when you ever get to your caster or anything like that, I, I hope it's everything you were looking for. Thank you. When I saw them, I went invisible. <laughs> I watched them with giant frog eyes and then wave with my tiny little hands when we leave. <laughs> Tail's big, but no one can see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as you head back onto the road, it gets much smoother after the portion that had been destroyed. As you go past the area where you were driving back where they had told you to, you can see a big farmhouse and a number of horse people sitting on a porch. One or two of them has a gun, but they just watch you kind of cautiously as you're driving past them and into the night. So it looked like you were driving around a horse farm for some reason. <clears throat> it stares longingly out the window at a home. Do a little country wave. <laughs> Uh, A couple of them do wave back at you. They seem like pretty decent folks. Now, on your way to the area that you're heading towards, which on the map is, it says Centerville, but written underneath of it, it says Centrell. It looks like the road splits into two different roads that you can take as far as your trip. So you can either take the, the 301 to the 213, or you can take the 301 to the 18 to the 304 as demarcated on that map. And I, I imagine that the two folks that are up front are, being the only people that understand what the map says in the first place are the ones most interested in what it says. So I imagine Arlo and Barra are the ones talking back and forth about directions. 
I like to imagine the uh, moons and Lib Litter playing I Spy in the back. <laughs> okay. uh, it is what? What can we tell from the map as far as distance between the one ro- route and the other? The two seem fairly equidistant. It looks like uh, if you were to take the three hundred one to the two thirteen, it's a little bit shorter by like maybe half a mile than the three hundred one to the eighteen to the three hundred four. Uh, Are there any I, other benefits or from one route to another? Not that you can tell particularly. One's just slightly faster than the other. You know, I'm wary of shortcuts, even a half mile shortcut. Let's go ahead and take the three roads. Works for me. We'll turn uh, towards the 301 to the 18. Okay, so you head down to 301 and you're heading towards the 18. Uh, You even at one point see what looks like it used to be some big confluence of roads and travel down a loop. Probably super exciting for Liblet. Uh, She's got her hands up in the air. Yeah, I've because... read about these, but never seen one. Many people say this used to be a cathedral. Many people would gather here at a time. Humans. Did they worship? They would. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> they worship the wait. Their their motto was "Hurry up and wait." Ames, go ahead and give me a uh, another pilot role, and this one's going to be with a let's say a fifteen percent penalty because it's kind of it's getting pretty dark out. Things are hard to see. Just to clarify, should I be using pilot auto or pilot truck? Pilot truck. Okay. I kind of cheated on the other one. I gave you my pilot auto. That's all right. I forgive you. Okay, but that's a 21 out of a 65. Oh, so wow. Even okay. with a 15, we're good. As you are driving, something leaps out of the underbrush directly in front of you. You barely managed to bring the vehicle to a stop. You were only doing about 30 miles per hour because that's about all the road can afford without getting real bumpy. But you see in the middle of the road, right behind where your your vehicle squealed to a stop on its big fat tires, uh, is a nude human on all fours. A, a nude or a newt? Nude. Naked. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Covered, covered in like mud and dirt and howling at you. I feel like Liblet uh, and Bly were like in the back playing or something and weren't in their seatbelts and were just now like in like, <laughs> <You> know, <up. laughs> they're like in the wheel well like trying to untangle themselves. <laughs> do, do we understand what the human is yelling? From what you hear, the human is yelling, Awoo! Awoo! Liblet's like, dog, dog! Dog, dog! <laughs> Um, Liblet's gonna try and scramble out of the wheel well and off of moons, out from under moons, because they, they got tangled up, and find her weapon. She's afraid of dogs. I look back, look just out the window and th- say, wow, literally howling mad. What's well, you can here? see coming out of the underbrush, <laughs> there are several more naked humans Ooh. on all fours. Okay, y'all, do I punch it or do we stop? I mean, we're technically stopped, but... Yeah, I'm gonna like Stay clamber safe. up to the turret to like get into my position, and I see the humans, and I'm like, "What are they doing?" Dogs yeah. travel in packs. Liblet offers helpfully. Yeah, they all start howling and barking at you, folks, and some of them are coming up closer to the vehicle. You think you can pull away slowly, not look like we're running right away, but just kind of try and get move away from them. We have dynamite. Let, let's I, let's try just driving away first. I'm sure that would be a, a good parting gift. <laughs> okay. So, Liblet's yeah. gonna lock the doors. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's, that's so their plan. <laughs> there's a clicking sound as the vehicle starts pulling off. A couple of these nude humans start like barking and advancing forward in, in a very with a lot of bravado, uh, but they're not nearly fast enough to keep up with the vehicle once you get up to about you know 20 miles per hour again. They can't run that fast forever. <laughs> Dumb dogs. Dogs. Now that we're all awake. <laughs> okay. Well, and as you switch on to the 304, uh, unfortunately, there is a big mess of vehicle husks blocking your way. You feel like you're at this point pretty close to Centrell, but it, it seems like it's going to be hard to get there with this big mass cars blocking the way. So is this where like the dog the cars came to molt and so their husks are behind? Liblet like nods. Yes, yes, like the they're beetles. Cars. <laughs> so where cars became buses. 
<laughs> Does it look like something I can thread our way through or no? No, it's it's a big enough blockage that you would either need to back up and go around and go back the other road or you would have to clear these things out. I have dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I see if any of them start first and we can just get oh, them? Oh, no, these, you can tell uh-huh. even just from looking at these things, it's like a big rusted pile up in the middle of the road okay. that is blocking it. So we'd have so, to turn around and go through the dogs? You'd have to turn around, go back past where the dogs had been and take the other road to get into the town from what you can tell. It's like... I don't know, probably seven or eight cars all piled up on one another and rusted. Uh, how, how heavy are cars? Your average frame on these things at this point, at most, is going to weigh like a thousand pounds now. Oh, I can toss these out of the way. <laughs> Sorry, I can lift 6,000 pounds. So I, I think we should not waste the gas and not go back and just clear this. Limitless frog eyes grow huge <laughs> i'm excited to see this yeah her ears twitch and then she like she scurries over to her bag and pulls out a shotgun and then like comes over next to it she's like ready <laughs> good keep, keep just everyone keep an eye out because i'll be busy i can help a bit you know not not doing the the heavy lifting but i can lift a lot myself so enough to maybe just help i cannot Moons, I can will you over them Moons, can you keep the car safe? Uh, yeah, I'll sit up top. Keep guard. Keep the dogs away. Yes. Okay. okay. As Arlo and Liblet move close to cover, and Moons is covering from the the turret on top of the car, Vara, you grab the first car and just yank it out of position. You lift it up over the top of your head, and you feel super strong when you get it up there because it is really not as heavy as it seems to the rest of them for you. So, you, it, you know, showing off a little bit feels great. You go to grab the second one, you yank it out, you like mash it up a little bit with your hands just to get it a little easier for you to pick up. As you're lifting it up, you notice something that you didn't realize previously. There's a bunch of, it's weird, it's like kind of like paper mache or some kind of, kind of secretion. But as you lift this second car, you realize this looks like some kind of insect nest. Uh, and a earwig, probably the size of like a regular sized dog, crawls out and along your arm. I hit it with my other hand. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and go to initiative because you're you're holding a car. Fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah, and the rest of you see these things start pouring out of the husks of the cars. It looks like you folks disturbed some kind of earwig nest. Uh oh. Dynamite always. Yeah, we should have dynamite. <laughs> Next time. Next time. All right. So, what do we roll for initiative? For initiative, you're just going to roll a d20, and if you have any initiative modifier on your sheet, you're going to go ahead and add that. Otherwise, you just roll your d20. Uh, if you are shooting a long-range weapon, you go before people that are in melee combat. Oh, wow. And I started off strong with a three-initiative roll for these uh, <laughs> earwigs. I got a, I got a nine. Four. Oh, no. uh, I don't know if I can assume that I'm holding my shotgun already. Uh, oh, wait. We, we went into guarding position. So, yeah, okay. I have it. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. It's fair to assume that you have it. Okay. okay. I got six. But I'm using that. I'm using the shotgun. And I have a 30 out (laughs) 6. What did you roll? 16. Oh, look at you with those high numbers. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Bly, you are absolutely going to go first. Uh, Earwigs are going to go last. It looks like there's, I don't know, probably at least a half dozen pouring out of these wrecked cars now. So everybody gets to do their first action. So since I have proficiency in this, what would I be rolling for? Uh, you just roll a d20. Okay. I'm going to aim. Is that okay? If you do that, then you lose this action, and then the next pass of actions will do your uh, shot on it. Okay. Then yep. But that gives, you, that gives you a plus three to hit, too. I'm just going to try to hit any that I see that aren't on people. Okay, there's yeah, there's a bunch of merging that aren't on people yet. The only one that's on somebody is the one that crawled out onto Bara so far. Okay. Eleven? 
11, that is enough to hit. Oh, that's 5d6. Yeah, those bold action rifles are pretty sweet. 30 out 6. 23? Wow, you shoot that thing right in the abdomen and you see the bullet pierce its hide and go directly through it. It doesn't look down, but you know you wounded that thing very well. I didn't kill it? <laughs> no, you didn't kill it. These things are big. Like I said, they're about the size of like a medium dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just what this game has. Like, uh-huh. No, it's fine. I'm just like... <laughs> It's like the Carboniferous period. See, when you make it sound like dinosaurs, it's less scary. <laughs> so there's one on Farah. And the then... rest are not. There's the, the others are crawling out of the rest of the ruined cars. So she's going to fire a buckshot round at Ooh. the ones coming towards them. Okay, well, you fire it. Go ahead and give me an attack roll on that. And you Eight. are within 25 feet, so you actually get a plus two to strike on that. Okay, and that's just a d20? D20, correct. 18, that's what I rolled. Okay, I'll tell you when that doesn't hit. So you catch three of these earwigs with your buckshot blast. Go ahead and roll your damage. Okay, that's for six and four. Okay, so Tendit, you end up putting some cracks in their hides, but these things appear to be tougher than just a single thing of buckshot to put down. They're still skittering out, but you've definitely upset them. Cool. About three cartridges of buckshot. I shoot mostly, I'm not really aiming, but kind of going for the largest you're mass. Just, you're firing yeah. the entire spread from your gun. Yeah. All right. You can hit every single one of them with your with your gun. The two of you are just sitting there with shotguns going, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Say, so this is my boomstick. <laughs> boomstick went two. <laughs> Oh, no! Okay, so when you're firing this, you forgot for a second just how bad the kick is on this thing, and you were kind of just resting it over your arm instead of making sure you were holding it really securely. So the gun jerks after the first trigger gets pulled, and you just fire wildly up into the air. Whoops. That's even even at close range with the shotgun. You missed. Yeah. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of buckshot up in the air right now. Okay. I want to slam the car back down on him. It's on your arm. The oh, that's one right. that crawled out is on your arm, so you would not okay. want to slam a car down on that. <laughs> I, I want to throw the car. An, an, an initial and... reactions. <laughs> yeah. uh, throw the car and smack the one that's on my arm with my claws. Okay, so you're just like tossing the car aside? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you huck the car and then just try and bring your hand, like, you're basically letting it go and, like, pushing it a little bit. And then you're just trying to slam your hand right down on the bug. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Uh, 12. Okay, and it does try and dodge your attack. However, it only gets an 11. So you bring your hand right down on top of that thing. Go ahead and do your punch damage uh, plus, you know, your massive physical strength. Yeah, so that's uh, 8 plus 18. Oh, wow. Yeah, it makes a, there's like a huge crunching sound, and you realize you have really messed this thing up. It's not dead yet, but it is well on its way. For its efforts, it tries to bite you. Oh, no. Oh, you hit it so hard that it tries to readjust itself and slips on your spider silk armor and just drops off of your arm and onto the ground. Good. Yeah, I rolled a natural one on the attack roll for that one. And let's see, everybody else who was shotgunning it is going to be attacked by two of them. There are, it looks like a total of six of these buggers coming out from the woodwork. So Liblet, oh good lord, that's a seven total and an 11 total. And you're wearing spider silk armor, right? Yeah, I am. Oh, well, fortunately for you, the spider silk armor completely soaks all of the damage these things do. Nice. Let's see how much damage they do. They do 19 points of damage total to your armor. So does that take away from my SDC, or does that just take... That takes away from the SDC on your armor. Okay. Until you get it repaired or whatever, it just, it has less... And you said they did 19? Yeah, they did 19 to it total. But you take no damage. As the, they they rip into you, your your spider silk armor protects you from getting hurt at all. 
Now let's see if we can say the same. Arlo. Oh my gosh, I am rolling like butt today. That's a two. So with the plus three, it's a five, which is still miss. All right, but that is a hit. And that manages to get you on a portion of your body where your armor does not cover, unfortunately, Arlo. Okay, so Arlo, you take 10 points of damage uh, as this thing clamps its powerful jaws down on your, or sorry, leg. That hurts. Yeah, and that'll come off of your SDC first. So it's it's got a real, real mean grip on you right now. Do the bolt. Check and I will fire again at the one I had fired at before. Okay, ironically, that's the only one that's not engaged in combat currently. Since you hit it and knocked it backwards a bit, it was a little slow in trying to get the other. 12? Again, just on the money like you were last time. I believe that's what you rolled the first time, if I'm not mistaken. I think I had 11. Ah, okay. But, close, it's better. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, going up by one each time, eventually you'll just be rolling crits, and then you'll be rolling a d30. 12, 15. Okay, when you hit it and you blast it backwards again, it is barely hanging on to life at this point. Most of its abdomen has been opened up, but insects have a funny, like, relationship with pain. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like bugs. So these guys just attacked me. I'm guessing they're too close for me to shotgun easily now. So can I hand-to-hand expert them? You can. Okay, I'd like to to try and fight them. All right. I'm going to try and and hand-to-hand them. All right. Roll a d20, right? Correct, yeah. I believe uh, you have a bonus to strike, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and punch it. Okay, go ahead and punch that bug. I rolled a nat 20. Okay, so that punch does uh, double damage. <laughs> and uh, let me take a look real quick, because I believe that might be a knockout. But yeah, you do you do get an automatic knockout. Woo! Ponche, ponche. How much do I do in damage? You would do double your normal damage, so you would do 2d4 points of damage. You just walk up to it and punch it right in the face. For six. All right, yeah. You see, uh, folks, Liblet just, like, sprints up to this thing that's squaring off with her and punches it between its pinchers and it drops like a rock. Nope. Okay, yeah, I'm just... Try and hit this with my claws to get it off me. Yeah, your gun's empty anyway, so you yeah. you don't you just toss it aside and clack clack. Thirteen this time. Ooh, yeah, you crouch down and bring those meaty claws ears right down on that pupper. Yeah, thirteen. All right, you you <laughs> slam your claws down on one of the ones that had struck out at you. In fact, the one that had bit you. Uh, you get sweet revenge as you feel Iker between your claws. This thing's carapace is totally cracked, and it looks like one more good hit, it's probably done for. Crunchy. So the one that was on me fell. Uh, yeah, it fell onto the ground and is badly injured from your super powerful smash. Are there others near me? Yeah, I mean, that one's, it could still get back up and try and bite at you again. You've got it down on the ground, so you can kind of take your leisure with it. You could stomp it if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to stomp it. All right, go ahead and we'll call it a kick attack. Okay, dirty 20. All right, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you when a 20 does not hit for certain. Go ahead and roll a D6 plus, again, 13, no, sorry, 16. Uh, 18. Oh, yeah, that's right, sorry. 24. You crush it. You just, like, you bring your foot down and it is no more. It is pulp beneath your feet. It's all on me. Uh, the last one that was unoccupied and was being shot at by moons, it starts leaping towards you, recognizing that you have already killed one of its number. Oh, you bugs suck. <laughs> it leaps up and you just kind of bat it back down. I rolled another natural one. Oh. Liblet, you only have one on you now because you stone cold knocked the other one out. And guess what I just rolled? Twenty. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So the the one that was right next to the other one that you were squaring off with leaps from behind and bites you around the back of the neck. Oh, no. It's never a good place for bugs. Mm-hmm. Wow. I rolled low, however. You take a total of 21 points of damage. Uh, I only have it... 21 points of damage. Is that against my SDC or? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you always subtract SDC first before you subtract hit points. Cool. 
Yeah, so you have you have crushing pincers that locked around your neck for a second, and it really, really hurt. Just super bad. Is this and thing almost the same size as you? Close. Yeah, it's it's about two feet long and standing on its back legs two and a half feet tall. Yeah, and I'm on the small side. And the two that were squaring off against Arlo keep biting at him. Wow. I'm horrible. <laughs> I did. I rolled the last two rolls were a two and a one. So Arlo, your nimble, surprisingly nimble for a badger footwork keeps you out of the clear of their snapping jaws. All right. So now I'm going to aim this time since everything I think is engaged. Yeah. So you you take your time and you start lining up your next shot to make sure you can hit it without hitting anybody else or doing anything crazy like that. Liblet. Yes. I am gonna fight the one that's on me with my hands. Hopefully. Not today, I don't think. I rolled a five. No, you whip around and you try and <laughs> kick at it, but you just kick right over its uh, pincers and can't hit. reach it. Yeah. Like trying to grab. I got a rotund body and like not as long enough arms. Just another one in front of me. Correct, yeah. Okay, swinging at it again, digging down on it. Oh, three. Oh, no. No, you, you you try and bring your claws down on this one, but it leaps out of the way. I'm going to go after the one that tried to, to get me that I batted aside. Okay. Vengeance. A dirty 20 again. Oh, wow. Okay, it tries to leap out of the way. Let's see if it can dodge you. Otherwise, it's got no more attacks for the round. No, no, it rolled a 10, and it's dodges that that could begin with, so it takes full damage. Again, it's 6 plus 18, so 24. Wow. Yeah, that thing, you hear a loud cracking noise as you just, like, fracture its carapace as you lash out at it. Again, not dead, but it's not in good shape now. You are a powerful force on the battlefield. Arlo, the one that was remaining that is squaring off against you, it almost seems to recognize the superior threat and starts bearing down towards Bara. So it kind of gives you a bit of a reprieve from behind Bara. Ooh, it gets you. Bites you with its little pincers, but it's only on your armor. So your armor takes 12 points of damage as its its pincers tear at the back of your legs, while the other one that was in front of you, ooh, nips your armor as well. They have gotten nothing over your armor rating so far, so they are just hitting the armor. And your armor loses another 12 points of damage. So they are shredding. I mean, these things have knife-like pincers. These things are long and really sharp. Liblet, there's only one against you now. It rolled a 10. Do you want to try and use an action to dodge, or do you want to try and parry? Oh, you don't have a, a parrying weapon. Yeah, and I thought my CC was 12, or my AR. It is, so it will be hitting your armor. So it'll only damage your armor instead of damaging you physically. Okay. But you can, if you want to use an action, you can try to dodge it so you take no damage from it. Okay, does that mean I won't be able to attack my next round? or? Uh, it would use up one action, so that would be your last action for the melee. Nah, I think I'll wait to attack it again. Okay, so your armor then gets shredded some more by this thing. Oh, wow. Two ones on a D8, so five points of damage total. Okay. It just, it kind of nips at the edge of your armor. Uh, I was aiming at the one that, because I heard, probably heard Liblet let out a yell, and I'm like, if the only person's going to eat her is me. <laughs> <laughs> just a high telepathic whine of, get it off, get it off, get it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead and make the shot with a plus three. Plus three. Nine. Your bullet ricochets harmlessly (laughs) off of its armored carapace. You shoot Liblet in the thigh. Oh, no. (laughs) That would be horrible. But that does not happen. Yeah, I'm going to try and attack it again. Okay. I got an 11. You hit. Oh, yay. Okay. For three. Okay, you kick it in the side of its head and it kind of skitters aside for a moment there was a a solid thump when you hit yeah you're just unfortunately not that strong I have very low stats guys on most things so I'm striking with claws again okay five I totally forgot I have claws yeah I forgot you have claws too Uh, they do so much more damage 
you are just having a really hard time getting a bead on this thing. You slam your claws onto the ground right where it had been just a second ago, but it moves out of the way. Like a dog chasing a laser pointer. <laughs> I'm going to turn on the new one that just came over trying to attack me. And okay. attack it. 21. Again, I'll let you know when that's <laughs> not going to be effective, but it's not going to be any time in the near future. Apparently 24 is my number. No, no matter what, I'm getting sixes. There's a horrible sound as you slam down on this thing. You're using your battle axe? Uh, no, this is just my claws. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you just slam down on it with your claws. And, and again, there's a horrible popping noise. It's barely hey, clinging to life at this point. Actually, we've hit the end of the initiative order because they only have three actions around. So we go back to Bly. That was 15 seconds, by the way, folks. So seeing that, I'm going to... I'm going to fire again. Are you targeting the one that Livlin is fighting against, or are you targeting the two that uh, Barra is dealing with? Liblet. That that cry was like hard to ignore. <laughs> it's very loud in my mind. <laughs> 14? That hits. Yeah. It's a solid shot that time. 17. Damage. It, it explodes into a pace. <laughs> nice. Oh, good. Good, good. Liblet uh, shoots Moons a thumbs up. She's very, very, she noticed he saved her and she's very happy about that. How far away are the ones that are attacking Mara? You specifically could, with your ability to leap, you could drop kick one of them if you wanted to try and make a leaping attack. Yeah. It'll use up two actions, but it's, it's bold. Why not? It's not like they're shredding my armor piece by piece off of my body. <laughs> Four. Four. Oh no. You leap up high into the air and you bring your leg down in like an axe kick and it just hits the dirt right next to one of these bugs. I wasn't trying to superhero pose, I promise. (laughs) Okay, they're still close. Too close to shoot. Let's try this again. Does seven hit anything? Well, you know, your claws just glance off of the carapace of the nearest bug that you try to attack. (laughs) I wasn't trying to just scratch its back. Okay. That's like the main character of its story right now. I know. (laughs) If this bug were more mutated, you guys would probably want to bring it as a fifth party member. Okay. I'm going to turn my attention back to the first one. You've been squaring off with? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 22. Once again, we'll we'll go back to that whole thing where I tell you when that's not a hit. And 24. You pulverize it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you bake those dice to hit those particular numbers ahead of time? This is crazy because I'm getting all different combinations, but they keep adding to six. <laughs> Gotta love the law averages. Okay. So is that all of them? No. The ones that are left starts trying to scurry away. Are we still in initiative round? I mean, you can still make actions if you want. They're trying to flee. So if you got guns or you want to run up, kick them or something, that's something you can do. Ooh. I could chase them down now that they're fleeing. I'm like, oh, great. I know. I'm going to run. <laughs> Do we have to make a, uh, a, a a mental endurance check against your uh, prey instinct? Because <laughs> I have the carnivore. These are insects. Oh, yeah. Uh, Liblet's going to totally coo the one that's knocked out and then eat it later. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you take the butt of your gun and you just separate its head from its body. Yeah, I don't have the 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 predator mind or whatever. It, that's that's more of a like a burst of adrenaline when you're getting into a fight. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, uh, Arlo, do you wanna wanna go half seas? <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty big. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm I'm angry at them, <laughs> but I'm gonna reload. Okay. So, it, yeah, it takes 15 seconds or so for you to get all the rounds chambered into your shotgun. I'm going to take one more shot as a re- flee. Okay. Yeah, everybody can take a pot shot at them as they're towards Ugh. the... Eight. You hit it, but the bullet just, again, it bounces off of their chitin. I missed with my shotgun. Yeah, you just you let out a kind of futile blast at this point. It's less precision and more frustration. Are they... Fleeing into the vehicles? 
No, they're trying to, like, get shimmy away through, like, cracks in the concrete and stuff like that. Basically, the fight's over unless you want to try and run them down. No, let's just get the cars moved. We yeah. got meat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't pursue. I just let them flee. Do you think I'll that's reload. what the dogs were warning us about? Seems a little advanced for dogs. <laughs> we're also speciesist against dogs. <laughs> 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 uh, would I know like any wilderness signs to like say this is there might be bugs here, dangerous bugs? Yeah, would wilderness survival have helped us out with that? Wilderness survival again, it's more like how to find shelter, starting a fire, <laughs> things like that. Detect ambush probably would have helped if I, I hadn't secretly that. rolled for your detect ambush and you had not failed. Oh. I apologize, guys. <laughs> I'm better at breeding insects than I am at controlling them. <laughs> if I hadn't been messing try. around, playing around, I would have probably maybe been able to detect ambush. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing games. Okay. Well, I want to go ahead and clear the rest of these cars and then... Actually, I guess I should see if anybody needs any help. D- does anyone need healing? Just my armor. Well, then let me clear these cars first and... If I were to switch from Farrier to Armorsmith, because those are both things that I think I get as options, yeah, I'd be able to repair our armor. You would, and I'm not going to penalize you for taking Armorsmith instead of Farrier as your apprenticeship. Okay, because it seems like it'll be more useful. It would be pretty useful, and this is the first adventure of the game, so I'm not going to be like, no, you can't change any of that stuff now. Yeah, I was kind of basing it off of like D&D, where you don't really get to use that. Oh, no, this stuff is super pertinent. Like, your skills, you will use the heck out of your skills in Palladium games. So, definitely. Parallel bars and rings is going to come in useful? (laughs) If you think it, 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 look, I didn't necessarily have a plan for that before, but now that you asked, it's going to be a thing that happens. (laughs) That's part of uh, gymnastics. Yep. Oh, yeah. I also have tightrope and high wire. (laughs) That's why you're our second story, man. (laughs) So by the time you reach the first destination that's marked as noteworthy on your map, the town of Centrell, which is also listed as Centerville on the map, you can see off in the distance as you're pulling up, there's a couple of people that look like they're wearing ballistic vests or some kind of vests and carrying rifles that have a couple of impediments in the roads. Uh, And from a distance, you can see them kind of hailing you down as you're pulling up to Centrell. I go ahead and stop again. Yeah, and you specifically, Baron, know Centrell is a town that's getting bigger across Cardania. They are really good at making guns and bullets here. So that's that's one thing that you, you know of about this town specifically, since you are the person that's probably had the closest proximity to this town. As you slow down and pull up towards where they've got the roadblock, one of the soldiers that you can see at this point, it's four, one of them's a rabbit and two look like beavers from what you can tell. The, the fourth one appears to be a snake, but it's got arms. So that seems kind of weird to you. And they come up to the car and they say, what's your intentions for passing through town? Uh, we're just heading through, going, heading to Lancaster, just up the road a ways. I I'm never heard of no Lancaster out. before. How far away is up the road you're going? I have no idea. Oh, you, you, from where you're at currently, you're heading at least uh, probably 100 miles. Uh, about 100 miles or so. Uh, I'm with the Academic Underground, and we're just doing some research. One of the soldiers kind of shoots a bit of a dirty look. He's like, oh, a bunch of academics. Uh, I see. Not good enough to sign up for the, the military or nothing like that, huh? Oh, I'm invisible at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we all we all have our skills and our strengths. Yeah, obviously your strength is you know pushing buttons and uh, counting numbers. So go ahead and move on, civvies. And welcome to Centerville uh, again. Centerville, as you're pulling through, there's a fair amount of buildings that look to have been, if not necessarily repaired from old buildings, at least built from the materials that were left over. Uh, And you can see in some areas, it looks like there's a couple of uh, clusters of solar panels. So they're they're running on 
you know, a decent amount of power in here. There's a few lit buildings in the area. One of them says Gunworks, and it is probably the biggest building that you can see. It actually glows from where you're located at because of the sheer amount of forges that they have in that place. And as you're passing through town, uh, there's a couple of places where you could stay if you want to stay the night. At this point, it's getting to the point where you're going to be out on the road during the evening otherwise. Feeling like it's pretty late and we should stop. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't mind. should we let them know that that road is cleared? No. You know, if they have no use for academic types, then they have no use for knowledge like that. Ooh. She says <laughs> pettily. <laughs> so, so petty. My respect for Barra grows. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, watching her move the cars, I was like, wow. <laughs> no, <my> yes. <laughs> Liblet is almost warp ship full of Barra at this point. Okay, <laughs> she's well. Like she's the strongest. After pulling into town, there's not a ton of vehicles in this town. You see maybe, besides your own vehicle, one other car moving around the streets over the course of the night. But you find a location called the Panoramic Pony Inn, where you can kip up for the evening. It's $5 for a double occupancy room for the night. Wake-ups at 11 a.m. I'll pay. Ooh, big spender. Do you mean for yourself or everyone? Everyone. (laughs) Is it five for each or five for the room? It's five for the room, so it'd be okay. ten bucks for both of you, both sets of folks in the, the group. Okay, yeah. What other kinds of weird things will the group find on their adventure? What was the deal with those naked barking humans? Will Liblet ever stop licking stuff? Find out the answers to some of these questions and more on the next episode of After the Bomb, Her Suit of Knowledge. After the Bomb, Pursuit of Knowledge is a Real Play Games podcast production. After the Bomb RPG and Megaverse are copyrights and registered trademarks owned by Palladium Books and used with permission. You can find the After the Bomb role-playing game and all of Palladium Books' other fantastic RPG products at www.palladiumbooks.com. Additional thanks to Rally of the Forums of the Megaverse for additional concepts, ideas, and inspiration. Our theme song is Uplifting Ballad by the talented Alexander Nakarada and is used under extended license, which includes sync licensing. His wide range of work can be found at www.serpentsoundstudios.com. If you want to get in touch with GM John or the cast, please feel free to reach out to us via email at realplaygamespodcast at gmail.com, chat with us on Twitter at realplaypod, or check out our website at realplaygamespod.com. If you'd like to help support the show outside of listening, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Pod. We appreciate your support.